Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen up, listen up. That's a hell of a win, man. Resilient, resilient damn football team right here, man. I'm so proud of you guys, man. Just all three phases, man. We knew it was going to be tough. You guys, resilient, man. Resilient. We're going to need that. We're going to need that going forward. So proud of you guys, man. All the distractions this week, you guys did not flinch. Coaches, players, staff, so proud of you guys, man. Hey, we got this man's back. Tough week. Great team win. At the end of the day, great team win. And that is how it sounded in the locker room, Nick, after the Bills take down the Chiefs. Tough week. Uh, Tough week for Sean McDermott. Tough week for the team. Late in the week, late in their preparation, having to respond and answer questions on, you know, the big article that was published by Tyler Dunn on Go Long. And we'll get into that here as well. But the Bills respond. They got their coaches back, Nick. Uh, that's kind of the story here. It was a it was a good weekend overall for the Bills in terms of their playoff standing, in terms of, you know, whatever happened. I know a lot of Bills fans were worried that that article was going to derail them in their preparation for the Chiefs, but it was maybe the opposite. Maybe the opposite. They kind of rallied around their coach, and uh, here we are. They're right back in this thing now. Yeah, uh, Ryan, I, um, uh, I don't want to think changed my own thought process as the week went on but we talked last week and i was kind of thinking oh yeah we're not gonna this isn't gonna happen for the bills i don't think it's gonna be a good week um but then the more i thought about it we we actually do a best bets feature every week um for for all our wire sites we all come together and um yeah my pick ended up being just you know sometimes we'll go prop bet sometimes we'll do you know a mini parlay like hey here we'll you know put two things together these two should happen or whatever you know i'm not lacing together a six leg parlay for the for the group but um i just outright picked the bills to win because as the week went on i was like yeah i can kind of see this is kind of how the players are reacting you could feel it yep a little bit of that us against the world type thing which was i don't know uh a little weird, a little not a little weird, but a little bit understanding too for me. Um, but um, like, hey, our coach made a reference to nine eleven. Let's defend him. Uh, all right, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yep. But, uh, all right, yeah, let's defend him on that. But okay, um, so yeah, I, I mean, uh, that's that's a lot to digest from that game and everything else. Um, but uh, yeah, they got it done. They got it done at the end of the day, and that's. Uh, that's all anyone's going to remember, despite the craziness of last week and the craziness of the way that game went, in all honesty. Yeah, it, it was a wild game. And the Bills came right out, and they, they get up 14 to nothing. And, you know, you're like, wow, here we go. The Bills are back. And then it got tight, of course, and felt like they were going to lose it there at the end. <laughs> but, you know, Kadarius Toney, that freaking rockhead receiver for the Chiefs, he was offsides. He definitely was. And we could get into the reaction from the Chiefs. I think they're a bunch of crybabies, personally. Uh, but just, you know, the Bills hang on. They beat the Chiefs. They needed that one, Nick. They, you know, we watched Houston, Indianapolis, and Pittsburgh all lose. So now the Bills 
they're technically out of the playoffs right now, but they have the same record as the Steelers, who are your current number six seed. So it does feel like it's back in their control, right? Uh, it does feel like that's the case, and uh, that's huge. That's huge. I mean, they were they fell down and out when you were just looking ahead at this schedule. You know, playing at Kansas City. Now you got the Cowboys coming in here. You still got a game at Miami coming up. Like it, it just felt like, man, how are they going to get this done? But it, it feels much better now coming out of this game uh, against the Chiefs. Does it? Do you think they can carry the momentum now, right? Do you what like what do you think? Do you feel like the Bills are back or do you still need to see it against Dallas? That's that's kind of where I'm at. I still need to see it. I'm not sure if they're back back Nick, but obviously this was uh this was a huge game for them and it feels like they're it's back in their hands, right? They kind of control things. If if they take care of business, they're going to be in the playoffs and they're going to be fighting for this thing once again. Yeah, um I'm I'm I know we're we're tying in here a little bit, uh, you know all the 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 I guess um, you know rallying cry the Bills had here that you know we got your back coach and everything that happened with that story last right, week right. and I'm like I am a little bit on the on the side of well you know did you guys have his back or did Kadarius Tony just bail you the hell out <laughs> fair they, um you know it was really of all the insane losses the bills have had this is the one time that they finally had a little bit of a a bounce go their way because i mean i i just think you know you never know what happens if that penalty wasn't called but if that penalty you know wasn't called i think we're looking at here like all right the season is over <laughs> the bills this is too much it, it is they lost that game and i know i know you know people are not going to be happy about me i'm sure you know saying that um that you know the bills should have lost that <laughs> i mean that should have been a Travis kelsey and i'm not siding with the chiefs the chiefs are absolute babies there's a penalty i'm not saying it was not a penalty it was a penalty but if it, if you didn't take the dumbest penalty i think i've ever seen you know the bills are there's a good chance the bills are you know done and everyone's maybe which is you know just like how crazy is it like how this season has gone this is kind of another layer it for me ryan because um you know, Ken Dorsey fired when, you know, he put that 12th man on the field and, you know, <laughs> yeah. I guess by the skin of Kadarius Tony's big foot, um, <laughs> big toe. I mean, uh, uh, McDermott, you know, has his job saved. I, I, I don't know. I, I, that after that, you know, slam piece a, a bit, if you will. Um, yeah. Uh, he might be in a lot of hot water here. If he he might have been sending a check over to Kansas City or some barbecue over to Kadarius Tony's house, because man, uh, that's wild. It's it's legitimately like like inches away from just everything being so different here in Buffalo. But hey, it is what it is, and uh, you know you mentioned it there. What crybabies the Chiefs are. Oh boy, yeah. yeah I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna uh, you know say that I'm taking their side on it. I think the Bills are very fortunate to have won that game. I think the Chiefs need to come on. The Bills wire right now, um, someone uh, spliced together, you know, Josh Allen after the 13 seconds uh, loss that the Bills had in the playoffs, you know, congratulating Mahomes, not flipping out in that, you know, they're, I, they they specifically cropped out, and this might have been the only uh, image of it, let's say, or, or, or replay of it, but it was the CBS sports playing the most damn dramatic music you've ever seen. And it makes <laughs> Alan just look like a saint. And then it's like, and then it clips over to Patrick Mahomes being like, F that there's horrible ball. <laughs> like, it's like the, the, the most unbiased attack kind of, if you will, or, or most pro bills got spliced together. But I mean, it's true, man. They were acting like babies. Like, come on. 
uh, I, I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, not surprised that Mahomes even himself the next day was like, yeah, kind of goof there. He, he looked real bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he did. And, and, you know, first of all, I agree with you, like the Bills got a break there, but they needed that. They they needed a break. Right? Yeah. They needed it. Yeah, and yeah. that's football, right? That happens. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's on the Chiefs. We talked about what they've put around Mahomes this year and they've put a bunch of, you know, you're counting on a guy like Kadarius Tony, who's a freaking rockhead. He just is. And he just lined, he lined up illegally. That is just, there's nothing that's no gray area there. He was clearly offsides, but if I'm a bills fan, I'm happy because I know my quarterback doesn't act that way. Right. Allen does. He never complains like that. Never really shows anyone up, never rips a ref, never rips a teammate. It's always on him lamenting what the team could have done better or or whatever, right? Not he, he always says post game we shouldn't have been in that situation in the first place. There's there's other plays, that, you know what I mean? Like that's if I'm a Bills fan, I, at least my quarterback doesn't do that. You know what I mean? Like like that's not Josh Allen. That's not his game. That's not his attitude. So uh, that's what I would say on that. But yeah, it was it was a terrible look for Mahomes, and especially you know as you just mentioned, like in the middle of the field, like too busy, you know, mother bleeping the refs to. Tell Josh, hey, good game, stay healthy, yeah. see you down the road. You know, that's it was a bad look. Yeah, yeah. There's um there is another clip going around, we'll say, where where Travis Kelsey did what Mahomes should have done. Yeah. Which was, you know, been gracious in defeat. And it was, you know, Kelsey's insane play that got called back. And right, right. You know, he was a lot more gracious. But uh, you know, I think maybe even, you know, just a learning moment for um you know, uh, Mahomes himself. I don't even know how old Patrick Mahomes is. Mahomes is. I think. How old do you think he is, Ryan? I'm gonna say he's uh, like twenty. Yeah, that's what I would guess. But I can look it up here as you as you're talking. Nine. Yeah, I'm. I'm, oh, I'm looking it up right now. Don't you worry. Oh, he's twenty eight. Damn. See, he's not even old as old as we thought he was. I mean, he's still twenty eight year old guy. I mean, I'm yeah. thirty three and I still do dumb crap. Like, so you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna berate him after he you know somewhat apologized and I'm sure he texted Josh Allen on his own, but. Yeah, that was kind of ridiculous. Uh, even right away, I was like, "Jesus, man! Like, relax." He's flipping out on the sideline. I'm like, "God, this guy looks he's like he just looks like a baby out there and like just freaking out like that." But you know, Bills again, and, I, and I'll say also add to my whole first initial ramble was, you know, do I think the Bills got lucky? Yes. What Super Bowl are we entering? Like fifty something? I don't yeah. think there's a single Super Bowl winner that hasn't had luck on their side at some point. As That's well. football. It is what happens. Teams get lucky. But, you know, just for the, all teams don't have, you know, such ridiculous uh, pieces of, you know, uh, media that get written about them and the week before and crazy ending, ending happens like that. So a little bit of an all encompassing thing for the Bills over the past. God, what are we talking about here? The last like two years <laughs> between all these injuries and stuff that have happened to them and crazy losses and whatnot. Finally got a break finally got a break and I'm not going to sit here and complain about it, you know, and there, there's not a lot of gray area on that penalty. It was a, he was offsides and whatever, like it, it is what it is. Like there was 12 guys on the field against Denver. You could count them and Kadarius Tony's foot was over the line. <laughs> like you can, there, there's no gray area in either of those things. They happen. It's football and you just got to move on. And it was a big win for the bills. Again, they got a 14 to nothing on the road and they won the game. So is what it is now in terms of the piece um, by Tyler Dunn, that kind of, uh, prompted that reaction in the locker room afterwards, right? The we got your back coach, you know, that thing. Uh, just some thoughts on on the piece. When we talked last week, Nick, it had just come out. So we had really, we were working off the Cliff Notes version. Now that we've digested all 20,000 words, and boy, that was uh, that was quite an effort to get through it all. I, I got to say, I'm proud of myself for getting through it. 
Uh, right. Quite, quite the haul. I, I was back in, it was like I had homework, but it was, it was a good read. I do, my, my takeaways is, you know, I think this was written like a column, right? It's editorialized to a degree where I think it's fair for fans to criticize the piece as like a slam job. You called it a slam job. I think that's totally fair. Hit piece, whatever. You, if you want to question the real agenda here, I think that's totally fair because anytime you write a one-sided piece like this without reaching out to McDermott or his camp to speak on the, on the record and have both sides of it, like, you know, like a piece of journalism would be, uh, and I don't think that happened here, then it's fair to question you know, the integrity of it. And it's fair to, for McDermott, I think, to come out and say, yeah, my character was attacked. I think that's all fair. I also think in the same breath, I appreciate the work that Tyler Dunn did here because I agree with his take. Like I've never said, I've never said McDermott should be fired. I've never questioned him as a human being, his character. The 9-11 thing is, was a little sketchy, but you know, I think, you know, honest mistake, I guess there, he just, he just <laughs> had, a, had a bad morning there in that meeting, Nick. But, uh, but as the head coach of the Bills, I think the team's situational shortcomings do fall on him. The article details how he's almost freakish about the situational stuff, you know, getting everything 100% right. He wants to kind of micromanage it all, Nick. And, but that doesn't, ha- that doesn't play out on the field, right? So I do put that out on McDermott. Every time the Bills seem to get in a key situational moment, they screw it up. And at some point, you can't blame your coordinators or your quarterback. You, at some point, it falls at the feet of the man in charge, and that's Sean McDermott. So I think... It's fair to say, hey, Tyler was pushing an agenda here because it was a very editorialized and it, and it read like a column. But the same thing, yeah. I think Tyler's take is fair and I appreciate the work he did here. And yeah. there was some interesting stuff in this article. And I think it does make you question, is McDermott the right man to get the bills over the hump? And is the culture in, you know, at one bill's drive, is, is the culture what we've always thought it was? Maybe not. So I think that's all fair stuff. And that's what Tyler's work kind yeah. of uncovered here. Yeah, and I think uh, the one... The one thing is, uh, you know, what the Bills media doesn't have as a whole is people like Tyler anymore, because, um, you know, since since the team went over to McDermott, went over to from Ralph Wilson to Pagula, um, their current PR department is, you know, I'm mostly cut from the same cloth as Tyler Dunn. They can't really, you know, what are they going to what are they going to do? To me, they're going to take away my, I don't have a press pass. <laughs> the reason why there's no quotes from McDermott is because Ty Dunn has asked for a credential and they won't give it to him because mm-hmm. he's quote unquote a blog. But if you look up the definition of a blog in the di- dictionary, which I, I would assume that's what they're going off of, but they're not. They're they're going off their own made up word for not wanting to credential certain people um, is, you know, the the athletic is a blog. The Athletic is a writing media on the internet. That is what a blog is. That is what The Athletic is. I have a ton of respect for who The Athletic is. Joe B is the Bills beat reporter for The Athletic, and he is one of the, got to be one of the longest, I mean, he's a young guy, but he's got to be one of the guys that's on there for the longest time now because all the Buffalo News columnist guys who were there for a long time kind of got weeded out with the a little bit of the push from the team because the team, the team only uh, while we're sitting here saying that Ty Dunn has owned this, the negative only, you know, quote unquote, I'm not saying you're saying that Ryan, but if fans are saying that, uh, that he has this just negative agenda that he wants to push out there. So why should we listen to him? Well, I mean, people think about it. Why should we listen to the team then if they just have this overly positive agenda that mm-hmm. you want to like get out there? Like you right. can't just believe everything the team says. <laughs> like it's, it's why you, you want, it's why you want both sides, bills, right? You want both sides. Uh, yeah, I mean, 
God bless Eric Wood. I've, I've interviewed Eric Wood, the former Bills center, really nice guy in the locker room, but um, an open to Eric Wood. When I saw Eric Wood's tweet about the, the, the this piece, I didn't even read, I think, more than three words. Not only did the dude formerly work as a team captain under this coach and this staff, he's still freaking an employee of the team. Like he works on the play-by-play call or the radio color commentary call. He works on their radio show. One bills live every day. Like people like you can't just like, that's the thing that the bills kind of get away with a lot is they, they put these, you know, former players or they have, you know, McDermott putting out there, uh, you know, certain things, you know, that, you know, we're on the same page or this or that. And like, you're going to tell me that, like, you know, we got your back, coach. Every single guy in that room who heard that kind of wasn't like, I don't know, I think he is kind of a jerk. Like, I'm sure some players in the team right now kind of is a jerk. But all I'm trying to say is, it's like, you know, we do need this this two-sided, you know, and I'm not saying I believe every single word that, if, of course, there was disgruntled people who were pissed off that they got cut or fired or something like that, of course. But, you know, also, you know, we want McDermott to respond and be in the piece. Well, give the guy credential. What do you want me to do? Stand outside the parking lot and scream? Can I ask Sean a question? <laughs> like, let him in. Like, what do you, you know, like, let's have a, you know, just because, you know, you don't, you personally don't like somebody, like, that's what happens. You get 20,000 words written about you from, from, you know, and I will say the one thing I will totally side tie done on is this is, this that was more work than for this piece that I probably have ever put in. in <laughs> Absolutely. <my career. laughs> it was a lot of work reading it. <laughs> it worked really hard, people. You know, I write 15, 20 pieces a day at times for the Bills on the freaking Buffalo Bills alone. You know, they're in the playoffs. You're writing everything. But 20,000 words, 25 sources. And uh, yeah, uh, it is. That's a is lot wild, of work. But, you know, I know I went a long winded rant here, but, you know, the Bills kind of, you know, I'm not saying that they created this, this you know, storm that they had sent to them, but a little bit, their hand was in the cookie jar a little bit where, you know, they kind of make sure that, you know, the media now doesn't really ask anything too hard because they don't want their credential taken. And, you know, they'll, they'll have people critical, you know, they'll have, you know, McDermott being asked, you know, I think the most critical thing he's been asked in recent weeks is like, Von Miller kind of stinks right now with his knee. Are you going to deactivate him? Other than that, it's, you know, I mean, he wasn't asked about this 9-11 thing. He just came out and said it. So, yeah. Um, so there's my rant on it. No, that's, <laughs> Ryan, that's you know, fair. I'm no, just saying that's... I think it needs to be, people need to keep both, both, you know, sides of it. You know, the team is just going to pump out the positivity. Like it's, right. it's nope. you know, and they, and they might've, you know, got what's coming to them. I totally think that's, that's a good take on it. Uh, but, you know, did Tyler Wait, exhaust? Oh, you're right. There was an agenda. You were, you're there, right. There was an agenda. There was there's no denying yeah, there that. There is an agenda. I'm not saying that there's a not. I'm just saying, and, you and know. Did he exhaust all efforts to get to Sean McDermott, even if he doesn't have a credential? I don't I don't think so. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't I think don't so. I, but, I don't know. Probably, but who knows? Probably, this is Maybe. maybe I mean, Yes, no, maybe. So. I, I don't know. You know, neither of us know what. <laughs> so, but yeah. But if he just had, you know, credential, he could have been in there. Just, you know, here's the Wednesday, Wednesday press conference. Hey, Sean. Yeah. Bam. Done. Ex- nope. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's 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 wild. But uh, boy, that would have been an interesting presser. Tyler just peppering him with questions for his uh, <laughs> for his huge article. But yeah, there's there's a lot of takeaways here that I want to get to. But you know, we could get to them, you know, throughout the season. I don't think we just want to hammer this and hammer it to death. But like the friction between McDermott and Dayball is a real thing. If you read the article, that was a, a very interesting thing. The one thing that I'm pro McDermott on Nick is that ex players complaining about 
practice being too hard mentally. And he was grilling me with questions about the game plan. As soon as I walked into the room, I'm like, you babies, you millionaires. Yes, you should know everything like the back of your hand. You should be able to answer a question on the spot. Yes, there's a lot of coaches that do that. That's not a Sean McDermott thing. So yeah, that there's that. But then, you know, the stuff with Josh Allen and that whole relationship. I mean, this is stuff that we could continue to unpack here as we go. But let's get to this game. Big game. Uh, Bills, Cowboys, Orchard Park, all of it. I'm here for it. Big one. Let's get to it. But first, fantasy advice for the first week of your playoffs in fantasy. Congratulations if you're still alive. From the huddle.com, we'll be right back. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Playoffs. I'm Corey Bonini of the huddle.com, here to bring you strong plays for week 15. Los Angeles Rams quarterback Matthew Stafford versus Washington Commanders. Facing a top-tier Ravens defense, Stafford passed her 294 yards and three touchdowns last Sunday. That gives the veteran 10 touchdowns to just one interception in his last three games. Meanwhile, Washington ranks dead last in passing yards allowed per game at 266, yards per attempt at 8.1, touchdowns allowed 30, and in the last five weeks, this matchup is 32% better than average. Nine quarterbacks have posted at least 25 fantasy points against the Commanders on the year. DeAndre Swift, Philadelphia Eagles at Seattle Seahawks. Another former Detroit Lion, Swift now has finished with fewer than 10 PPR points in four of the last five games after seven straight useful performances. Fear not, the matchup ahead is extremely favorable and gives Swift a valid opportunity to get back on track. Running backs have averaged the 10th most rushing yards, 5th most receiving yards, the 8th most catches per game, and a touchdown every 19.3 touches, which is the second highest rate since week 9. While risky, Swift's matchup alone makes him a strong play candidate. Wide receiver Romeo Dobbs, Green Bay Packers versus Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Dobbs managed four catches for 32 yards against the Giants. That's weak production, but he might be thrust into the clear-cut number one role depending on what happens with injuries around him. Christian Watson has a hamstring injury, Dontavian Wicks has an ankle issue, and rookie Jaden Reed potentially is facing a concussion. Against the shaky Buccaneers secondary, Dobbs looks like a possible wide receiver two candidate, and this defense has permitted 19 receivers to reach double-digit fantasy territory in PPR scoring. Tight end Isaiah Likely, Baltimore Ravens at Jacksonville Jaguars. A 54-yard score against broken coverage last week made an otherwise modest day much more appealing. Likely has drawn 15 total targets in his two starts since the Ravens lost Mark Andrews. And that kind of stable role makes him tough to ignore in any format. The Jaguars have given up three touchdowns over the last 21 tight end catches faced. And only two defenses have allowed scores at a higher rate. This is the number 11 matchup for yardage allowed since week 9. But it's also a neutral 17th for receptions against in the last five weeks. Even still, there's no reason to get away from likely with this favorable matchup. Especially considering how volatile the position is. For more award winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice. Please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. All right, big ball game here, Nick. Bills, Cowboys, Dallas is on fire. Uh, Unfortunately, you know, my take on this right now is that the weather seems to be cooperating for the road team, which is annoying. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like 50 degrees, 50% chance of rain. This would be a good time for some sleet and wind. You know what I mean? Like this is a perfect time for it, but it doesn't look like we're going to get that. So uh, the Bills are, are one and a half point favorites in this one. So maybe they're propped up a little bit by being at home and you know, had a big win against Kansas City. They're fighting for the playoffs. Dallas is more comfortable, so I get it. But I'm a little surprised. I thought the I thought this would be a little bit closer to a pick'em, or maybe the Cowboys might be even favored on the road. The way they're rolling, I think they're ten and three. Just crushed Philadelphia. They're playing really good football. But the Bills are favored by one and a half. What's your kind of lead off thought on this one? Pretty shocked by that the Bills are the <laughs> are the favorite. I mean, they just spanked the Eagles, who beat the Bills. 
you know, I know it's not as simple as that <laughs> ever. Sometimes in the it NFL, is. yeah, no, and yeah. the and the and the books, but yeah, um, very surprised. I, I I figured it'd be you know objectively the hottest team in the league, um, and totally agree. Not only on the fact that we got a team from Texas coming here on the weather front, I mean, but uh, you know, a team that plays indoors too. Isn't isn't that an indoor stadium down in Dallas? Absolutely. Or, yep. Where the hell do they play? Where do they play? Why am they I, play? Why am I it's like jerry's world you know i forget jerry i forget world. yeah, we'll yeah. Jerry world. yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah surprise surprise i mean i think that the cowboys are such an elite offense right now and i'm i'm you know uh before before you even ask i am leaning towards making the cowboys um uh, just because um no, nothing with you know last week i kind of thought you know maybe the headlines and like i said I, I changed my feelings throughout the week um towards the bills and uh yeah i think i think it's just this just is looking to me uh, like, you know, that that's such a high flying offense and, and maybe a couple of these injuries that the bills have might, might finally catch up to them against such a good team. But I, I even at seven and seven, there's a chance that this bill season isn't over because this is an NFC team. So that's, that is a, a, a good outlier here at least where if the bills do, they do lose, you know, it's not, not, Maybe, maybe not the end of it. You know, I agree. They yep. would be seven and seven at that point. A win would be great, of course. Um, they would be seven and seven at that point. And um, but yeah, last week um, they got so much help last week, and they got so much help from the AFC East too. Every single every single AFC East team helped them. The Dolphins lost. Then the Patriots and Jets won against teams the the Steelers and the the Texans. They ruined both my parlays. I was like, no way. Like, These are easy picks. <laughs> I was like, wow, there's a lot of upsets. Uh, so the whole AFC East helped the Bills last week, which really gives them a slight bit of a buffer um, going into this week against a really tough opponent. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I, I think on paper, the Cowboys are the better team. They have a really disruptive defense, right? They get after you. They cover. They take the ball away. Yeah, too. If, if, yeah, it feels like a bad matchup um, with the Bills offense going against this, this Cowboys team because they're built on getting pressure on you, forcing turnovers. The Bills have struggled with giveaways this season, as Tyler Dunn chronicled <laughs> a little bit. Uh, but, you know, another thing that scares me, not just the way Dallas's defense is playing, how hot their offense has been. Dak Prescott's been maybe the best quarterback in football over the last month or so. CeeDee Lamb's been on fire. You know what scares me? In a game like this, which I think could be close, the kicker. I, I think they have the best kicker in football. Did, did you see this guy against Philly last weekend, Nick? I mean... He is kicking 60 yards, 60, 59, 50 and 45 against the Eagles made them all look with, routine like, like with a couple yards too. Yeah. He hasn't oh, missed this season, right? He hasn't no. missed a kick in the NFL. He's missed. Um, <laughs> he's a rookie, right? He's missed a couple <laughs> extra points, but not a field goal attempt. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, but I mean, insane. And this was indoors. Arlington, Texas is where the Cowboys play. Uh, Arlington indoors, yes. booming 60 yard field goals like nothing. Now, maybe, it, you know, the Bills crowd can get on him and you get some wind and whatever, you know, maybe some rain and he misses a key kick. I don't know, but the kid has not missed. And he's again, crushing 50 yard field goals. Like they're a 20 yard chip shot. This kid is yeah. the real deal. The Cowboys have a weapon at kicker and their offense moves it and they just score on most of their drives. They're tough. They're tough. So I think on paper, the Cowboys are the better team. You're giving me points. I think I need to go with the points. I think if you're picking the bills here, you're doing it on blind faith that Josh Allen puts the Superman cape on against one of the league's best defenses and the Bills find a way at home, which is totally possible. I'm just not quite convinced yet that that's going to happen, Nick, right? So I agree with you. I think at 7-7, seven and seven, 
they'll still be alive. You got a great chance. You got the Chargers and Patriots coming up with backup quarterbacks. Then you go in the week 18 at Miami, hopefully at nine and seven, at least with some clinching scenarios. But I I do like the Cowboys. I'll give you the final word here. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I do like the Cowboys. And I was just going to say after that, Justin Herbert season over, Bill's got a backup on uh, Christmas Eve Eve that they're going to face on. uh, That's the Bill's is a reminder do play a Saturday game in week 16 against the Chargers. First ever NFL game. I think it's what's on what uh like Peacock or something. Uh, it's, it's on something weird. Yep, some that's weird right. Streaming yep. service. But um yeah, and then the Patriots which, you know, the Bills even got a little bit of, you know, revenge on their mind and, you know, who knows reports today about, you know, your boy Billy B. Uh who knows what's going to happen there. Thank God. Um but uh yeah, definitely a possibility still 9 and 7 going into a game against the Dolphins which I think I think for me, all right, Bills lose. I'm picking the Bills to lose this week. Sorry, folks. I think it's still is lining up for one hell of an end of the regular season right now over the next month. I think it's going to be real fun time to be a Bills fan uh, going into uh, January 7th at Miami in week 18. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm here for it. I mean, the Bills are still in this thing. They're fighting for it. It's going to be some great football here and can't wait to hop back on here with Nick Wilton and cover it all. And for Nick, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks, as always, for joining the pod. Rate, review, and subscribe for us if you could. Tell a friend. We'll be back next week to break everything down. Cowboys, Bills, can't wait. We'll catch you then. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.